where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today, in particular your mental health. Today, we're going to talk about some ways to biohack a mild to moderate depression. I think we have an early episode way back in 2017 where we covered this, and I think we covered it more from the health and diet perspective, but um, it doesn't hurt to, to cover this again every every now and then because, look, to be depressed, or as we used to call in the old days, melancholic, is to be human. There's nothing wrong with mild depression. We are not automatons. We're not robots. We are going to get sad from here to there. And certainly there is going to be clinical depression. And if you look at the, the DSM, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual for Mental Health Disorders, it'll tell you what the criteria is. You know, eating too much, eating too little, uh, the, these symptoms persisting for, for several weeks, not really having enjoyment in anything, thoughts of suicide, just not just in general. And, and look, to have it a day or two is one thing, but if you have a persistent, you should definitely contact a mental health uh, professional to help you with this. But we're just going to cover kind of the, the gloomies, the weepies, the here and there. So let's start with diet. We know a high sugar diet will contribute to mood swings. This is undeniable. you got the insulin spike, then the crash, and then you spike again, then you crash. And this goes to some of the, uh, the lending of the, the benefits of fasting is that you avoid a lot of the insulin spikes throughout the day and your your blood levels are more even keeled. At the beginning, you might be a little hypoglycemic, but after a little while, it goes away. But either way, avoid a high sugar diet. Try to eat a diet that's kind of paleo aligned. I have a lot of recipes at Naturopathic Earth regarding this, but whole foods, right? Foods that exist in nature. If God didn't make it, don't eat it. And we know that a lot of the most, if not all the, the foods in the middle aisle are processed crap food. And they're full of refined, uh, refined flour, refined wheat. They're full of food, food dyes and preservatives, and all, all these are just chunk for your diet. And they, of course, lead to our burgeoning waistlines. So try to stick to foods that exist in nature. Uh, accompanying that would be work on your microbiome. Or the episode one of the Awakened Man had to do with the microbiome way back when. You can find that episode at Naturopathic Earth. You can't find it on most feeds since we have four hundred and fifty episodes, but. The studies about the microbiome are fascinating, but 90% of our immune system is located in the gut. And much of our serotonin, which is our mood neurotransmitter, our mood hormone, is made in the gut as well. So if you have a healthy gut and you don't have like dysbiosis or leaky gut syndrome, these things, you're more likely to have a good mood. So eat a lot of probiotic foods. This would be like fermented foods, Greek yogurt, fermented sauerkraut, kimchi, kombucha is very popular now, miso these things like that, but also eat prebiotic foods. Prebiotic foods are going to grow the, the good bacteria that you have in your gut. 
naturally. So some well-known prebiotic foods are going to be on ripened bananas and onions and artichokes and leeks, but pretty much all fruits and vegetables are prebiotic on, on one level or another. What else can you do? Exercise. Of course, exercise is going to release endorphins. That's going to help you feel good. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that. Sunlight. We're in, we're in the summer right now, so get that vitamin D, absorb that vitamin D, D it up. We have an episode here on the importance of vitamin D, so certainly do that. That's extremely important. Even 15 minutes a day in full sun goes to getting your threshold of vitamin D, and something like 80 to 90% of Americans are deficient in vitamin D. We did an episode during COVID about how many of the COVID deaths were in people that had comorbidity, you know, other existing conditions, but also they had low vitamin D levels. So you want to have a high vitamin D level. So get the sunlight. Talk to people. You know, we can tend to isolate and be be loners. Talk to people. This is one of the reasons why people like going to confession because they like to, they like the cathartic experience of just unloading on somebody else. So tend we when we when we're depressed we tend to isolate, and we need to do the opposite. We need to reach out and talk to people. So go and talk to people, your family, friends, people that you trust. Or if not, just go find a confessional and go talk over there if you, if that's what you need to do. But certainly that helps. And 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 in, can kind of connect to that is just express yourself. So I I recommend journaling. Journaling can be very helpful to people uh, along with that. So fix your diet. Make sure you're getting enough sleep, seven to nine hours a day. It's important. We have an episode here on the chronic problems with insomnia. Way back, I think episode twenty four, we covered that. So sleep is definitely connected to depression especially if you're not getting enough sleep. So try to get that seven to nine hours of sleep. And actually, hyperinsomnia or sleeping more than nine hours is, isn't good for you. It's not as good. It's not as adverse for you as, as chronic insomnia, but it's not good for you as well. So work on that. Now, let's cover some other things. Life can be hard. And we don't want to have a black, black pill nihilistic view of it, but certainly there's going to be some divorced men who are understandably sad and depressed. They lost much of their assets. They lost access to their children. Uh, They have monthly reminders of the decision that they probably didn't make. Now, did they contribute to the decision of the woman divorcing him? Maybe. But they didn't make the decision, but they have monthly reminders in the form of child support and alimony. So understandably, a man can be depressed. He worked really hard to, to collect his life, you know, get his assets in order and get his, his life in order. And then, boof, Half of it's gone. The kids are gone. So one group of people will tell you, kind of like the Nietzsche existentialist types, will tell you that life's got no meaning and and swallow the black pill. Just hate women, hate the court system, hate people, and become a bitter, angry man. But ultimately, how is that helping you to be that way? It doesn't help you. What do they tell you? Bitterness, anger, envy, these these are pills that you make concoctions that you make that really only you drink and there's no pleasure in it so i think it's completely understandable why you're feeling this way and certainly talking to a a therapist about it would help find the right therapist if you're a man definitely go find a male therapist and not a mangina but in addition to doing the aforementioned i think turning back to god would help because you can find in scriptures, and you can go to the, the major prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel. Certainly you can find in the Psalms. Psalm 88 is really great for people who are suicidal and depressed, where the, the psalmist is just screaming to God, like, everybody's left me, everybody's abandoned me, you're not hearing me. It's a great psalm. Um, you can look at the words of Christ, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, 
you can relate to kind of these 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 plaintive cries for help. And if you look in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Christ is pretty clear that life can be hard. You take up his cross, it can be hard. But he also tells you his burden is easy and his yoke is light. And he tells you to prepare for the afterlife. That This world is brutal and ephemeral and you might not always get what you want. He'll tell you, ask and you shall receive. You know, the door, knock on the door, door will be open. But if you're asking for a Lamborghini, chances are the, the divine will of God, the providence of God, is not going to give you a Lamborghini because he doesn't think you need that or that's good for you. So you have to align your will with that of God's will. And sometimes we can't understand God's will, especially when there's suffering. And many times suffering is allowed by God to bring a better, greater meaning our greater purpose. And we just don't understand. It's like the four-year-old who's getting vaccinated. He doesn't understand why mommy's letting him get hurt. But she has a greater plan for him. And that's the thing about suffering. So you can take comfort and solace in the scriptures. Just read the gospels. Just read the gospels over and over if you just want kind of an approachable way to enter. Don't start at the beginning of the Bible because Genesis has some good stories and narratives, but you're going to get really, really bogged down in Numbers and Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Leviticus is all the Mosaic law. It's boring. So just start with with the Gospels. Just open up Matthew and just start reading Matthew. It's such an easy read, and I think it will help you. The other thing I, help, I think will help is having the, the understanding of redemptive suffering. So this is a, 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 a kind of a notion in the ancient Christian churches, so Orthodox and Catholic, where Anytime we go through suffering, because life is going to have suffering. People in your life are going to die. You're going, your body's going to fall apart. You know, other misfortunes are going to happen. Well, you can be bitter. How's that going to help you? Or you can offer it up. You might have heard this expression. You offer it up. So when you have suffering, you offer it up to get closer to Christ. Christ suffered so much to give us the opportunity to go to heaven. And so when you suffer, it gives you gets you closer to Christ. The crucifixion, the, the the crowning of the thorns, the piercing, all that he took on his shoulders for us, so that it brings you closer, and I think that will help. Also, the idea of redemptive suffering is like your suffering can lead to good, and I know this is this is hard for you non-orthodox and Catholics to understand, but people who die go to one of three places. Most of them do not go to heaven. I know sola sola fide people will tell you this. Most go to purgatory to be cleansed of sin because it's very clear in Revelation that the unclean cannot enter heaven. You, If you have vestiges of sin, remnants of sin, you can't go to heaven yet. You go to purgatory. It's like a big washing machine to get clean. Or you go to hell. If you're an unrepentant non-believer, you go to hell. But ultimately, it's Christ. Christ judges you, so we don't even know if Hitler's in hell. You know, We can't judge people on that. Well, well, we get the judge lest you be judged. That is misinterpreted quite often as don't judge people on their sin. But if you look at the, the spiritual works of mercy, one one of them is to admonish the sinner and to inform the ignorant. And also, if you look at St. James and St. Paul in their epistles, they talk about how you need to preach the word to sinners, to exhort sinners to repent. So no, you, you need to tell that to people. But either way, there are people in purgatory who have no one praying for them to expedite their time to get out of there into heaven. So when you have suffering, you offer it up to the souls in purgatory. So your suffering becomes purposeful instead of just meandering and meaningless like the atheists would believe it is, it gives you a purpose. And then some will court suffering. 
not necessarily court it, but it's how you handle it. You break a leg in a car accident. You could be, woe is me, woe is me, oh. Or you can be like, this sucks. I'm going to offer it up. I'm going to offer it up to Christ. I'm going to offer it up to the souls in purgatory. It gives your suffering meaning. So with you with depression, if you have severe depression, go see a mental health professional. For those of you who are dealing with mild to moderate, exercise, sleep, change your diet, talk to people, but also return to Christ. The words of Christ and the gospel are soothing and rehabilitative, and they will help you in times of distress. Trust me. He is waiting for you. Remember the, the parable of the hundred sheep? 99 are found, but he goes, the shepherd goes and finds the one that's lost, and everyone rejoices for that one is found. Christ is waiting for you. The prodigal son, right? Christ is waiting for you to come back. He loves you. He loves all of us, sinners alike. The church is not a museum of saints. It's a hospital for sinners. And we're all sinners, and we all sin badly. But Christ loves us. If we go to him, ask for strength and repent of our sins and leave the most godly virtuous life that we can turn away from fornication I will never endorse the pump and dump tinder hookup or even if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're living in sin and cohabiting and fornicating no scriptures are very clear about that church teachings are very clear about that to clear, clean up your life live a virtuous life pursue chastity and celibacy and turn to Christ because Christ is there for you. But repent. Like he tells the woman in the well. He tells the adulteress. I forgive you. Now sin no more. He didn't say I forgive you. Now keep whoring around. He said I sin no more. So these are just some tips for you guys. I hope you listen to what I'm saying. Guys, if you appreciate my content at all, please post an honest review on an Apple product. It only takes you five seconds and helps with my analytics. Also, there's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal if you want to donate a couple of dollars to help defray the cost of hosting this on a server. Also, there's one, a link for Naturopathic Earth where you can find tons of recipes that might help your diet vis-a-vis depression. And also, all the podcast episodes are over there. Please peruse. And lastly, please subscribe, hit the button, and post an honest review for The Awakened Man, the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, my other channel that deals with female health, and Confessions of an Obese Child, a podcast that deals with early childhood trauma and addictions and trying to overcome them. I would appreciate it greatly. Until next time, take care. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needum. Until next time.